What's up, guys? I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have hundreds of weekly listeners, and I want to make sure that everyone listening is hyper aware of how I can serve them best. So if you're interested in hiring me as your life coach or hiring me as your nutritionist, or maybe you just want to get some free advice, head over to lifecoachzack.com book a free 30-minute consultation, serious inquiries only. And I would love to ask you serious, open-ended, powerful questions that are going to help you pivot your life in a better direction. Let's co-create an action plan and really step in to the greatest version of ourselves. Here's the podcast. To all the people that are listening on Apple and Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, my very special guest today is Christina Lopez, known as the Heart Alchemist. Christina Lopez is a DPT, MPH, trained clinician, life coach, and spiritual teacher who spent a decade working as a neuropediatric physical therapist before becoming a life coach in 2014. Today, she's seamlessly bridging science and spirituality to help others heal from significant trauma, open their hearts, and live fulfilling lives. Christina, how are you? Cool. I'm doing good. It's great to meet you, Zach. Awesome. It's so great to meet you too. So... First of all, where did you get the nickname, the heart alchemist? Where did that come from? And how do you embody that every single day? So it was just something that kind of came to me naturally. I transitioned careers. I was a clinician uh, before, transitioned into life coaching and more of a spiritual path. Um, And it was through, I think, what happens to the majority of us through challenges and, you Mm -hmm. know, just significant issues that happened in my life. My life kind of fell apart. And as soon as that happened, it was kind of this, I felt this transition going from a really mind-dominated worldview into a heart-dominated worldview. And so I just started calling myself the heart alchemist. <laughs> and so that that kind of just stuck. So that's, that's where that name comes from. Just more, um, to me, it means someone that can um, kind of transmute or transform pain uh, into purpose or into joy, uh, into peace. Uh, that's, that's what the Al- the the word alchemist means to me is just a transforming of something into something else. That's amazing. And uh, I can really resonate with that because I've been on this spiritual journey myself for the past six years or so. And meditation is something that is the foundation for not only my awareness, but also for my peace and joy that's inside my heart, right? And we're talking about the heart yeah. today. But how does someone like myself get so much out of my head and start to bring my conscience and my consciousness into my heart? Yeah. So for me, it's very um, embodied practice. So uh, I have a really naturally busy mind and I'm I'm sure probably the majority of your listeners and everybody watching this or listening to this, that's probably, you know, one of the biggest issues that we have in life is just overly dominant minds. Um, And, you know, culturally and from a societal perspective, we're also templated. We're trained to be in mind dominance. We're trained to believe that the mind is superior to the body. Uh, You know, we still use this saying mind over matter a lot. And and to me, that really does a disservice to anyone who wants to quiet their mind, to be more mindful, to just bring the incessant frequency of thoughts to just slow down. If, if we're really, really kind of dominant in the mind, that's going to be difficult for us. So for me, coming into the heart has been a practice of coming into the body. That's really another way of saying it. And, and I do that a lot with um, just, just sensation or you can call it visualization or just embodiment, literally feeling yourself, the consciousness draining from your head into your body. 
And I like to use a visualization exercise of just kind of if if you're good. Some people have what's known as aphantasia, so they they can't really even visualize. But the majority of us can uh, train the this this third eye to to see to actually visualize things. And and I like to use the visualization of just starting with closing your eyes and seeing your your head just fill up with light, and it could be light of any color that you want. And then you're just going to visualize, you're going to direct that light or that uh, whatever color it comes to you, you're going to direct that energy down into the body, especially into the heart. And for people that are new to this, I like to use touch. Um, so sensory, the the sensation of touch really helps to, to train your, your awareness. So if someone's having difficulty, for instance, if you close your eyes and I say, do you think of your right pinky? And if you can do that without moving, so if you don't move, if you don't move at all, and I just say, think about or have the awareness of your right pinky finger, if you can do that without a problem, that's great. But for a lot of people, training their awareness to to move without physical movement can be a little hard. And so if that's the case, then the next thing that you do is if if I say to you, drain your the light in your mind, drain it into your heart. And if it's really tough for you, then just put your hand on your chest or actually start stroking your chest. As soon as you add that sensory input, it's very easy to bring awareness to whatever area of your body that you want to. So I love adding that little extra uh, visual visualization plus uh, sensory input on the the area of the physical body that you want to concentrate your awareness on. Interesting. Well said. It seems like that can benefit a lot of people, but to the average person, how would a practice of connecting more to our body, connecting more to our heart, help us in real life, in real world challenges and struggles that we deal with day to day? Yeah. So the, a lot of times, and, and I work with clients on this a lot, we, we very frequently think that our challenges or the stress is coming from the outside world. So I have this problem, this happened to me, I have this issue at work, and that's what's causing me stress. But really, the, the truth is that the majority of the stress that we experience right now in our lives is coming from the mind. It's coming from the stories that we tell ourselves about what's happening in our outside environment. And so the people that are trained to have a more quiet, um, more kind of a centered mind, that's another word that comes through, is, is to have a centered mind. The more centered your mind is, it means that no matter what challenges or difficulties or issues happen in your day-to-day life, it, your mind won't make a story about it. And as soon as your mind stops making stories, the the tendency of your entire body is to bring itself into a, a, a place of homeostasis, of calmness. And so as soon as we quiet the mind and as soon as we start to add any kind of practice, it doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be the visualization exercise that I, that I just shared with you. It could be anything. For some people, quieting the mind means, you know, they quiet the mind when they do intense exercise or, um, you know, for different people, it could be walking in nature. But the point here is that as soon as that mind calms down, maybe goes from a thousand or a million thoughts a minute to 50 or a hundred thoughts a minute. As soon as the frequency of thoughts decreases, your body will feel immediately better. And so it's that communication between the body and the mind that's getting, um, it's getting more centered. So the body stops interpreting the stories of the mind as if something were really wrong, because that's usually what happens. Your body will start interpreting the stories that you're saying in your mind. It'll interpret them as emergencies, you know, something's wrong, we're in danger, uh, all of 
these different messages are being interpreted by the, by your cells in your body. And so the more quiet that mind is, the more calm and peaceful your body is. And it's a great way to train resilience too and grit. So the more that we're able to have quiet minds, more centered minds, the more resilient we become. It's very difficult to knock someone down when they have a very centered mind and a mind that doesn't go into loops about creating stories about all the issues that are happening to them. So the more centered the mind is, the less stress you're going to feel. And it's not just stress. It really translates in, in every area of your life. So the more centered my mind is, the less my mind has the tendency of making up stories, the more harmonious my relationships are going to be, for example. Because, right. Right. right, like a, a lot of times we Absolutely. think, oh, I'm having a conflict with this person and it's because they did this to me and this is what happened. And we start to create stories. And that stories usually leads to more miscommunication, more arguments, more problems, more disharmony in relationships. So the, the quiet of the mind, the centering of the mind, it has, it's multifaceted. It has consequences in every area of your life, not just stress. But I think stress is an important one because we're all very, uh, we're in stressful environments right now. The majority of us feel stress in our lives. So I think the centering of the mind is, is a great, it's a great starting point there to just bring your, your body into more uh, centeredness and homeostasis. Absolutely. And also what we've learned over the last few years, over the last couple of decades is chronic stress of thinking anxiety and depression thoughts or negative feedback loops of, you know, things aren't going well, or we're not grateful or appreciative. We don't have joy in our heart. And we're, we're creating these stories, like you said, creates a lot of illnesses and diseases. So, you know, reducing the stress levels is, is super important. And uh, I love the way that you put that. Now, let me ask you a question. You're a certified life coach. I'm a certified life coach. It is our obligation, our responsibility to step into the greatest version of ourselves every single day for you, for your family, for your community, mm -hmm. for your clients. What are some of the things that you do? What are some of the things that, that, you're, that is non-negotiable for your heart as the heart alchemist? What do you do to make sure that you <laughs> are providing yourself with the most amount of love and you're being as compassionate as, as you tell everyone else to be to yourself every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there are some non-negotiables in my daily routine and it's usually morning routine, night routine. So I have these moments in my day that are pretty non-negotiable. Um, I don't go to bed before I do my night routine. And as soon as I get out of bed in the morning, I have my morning routine. And these two moments in my day really set me up for, for the whole day. So in my morning routine, regardless of what the details of those two routines are, they, they, they center around two really important things. One is the quieting and the centering of the mind. So I can do that in the morning, for instance, I'll wake up and I'll do a whole sun salutation. So I'm not a huge yoga person, but I love the sun salutation movements in yoga. So I'll do that in the morning. I'll sit and I'll do some meditation and I just check in with myself. Sometimes I'm really busy and I don't have time to do like an hour long meditation or anything like that. So sometimes I'll do it shorter, shorter amounts of time. But the point is that I'm always checking in with myself. So, so the checking in part is really important, even if it's just one or two minutes. Right. And the checking in is just, I, I just take a deep breath and I just, um, you know, kind of internally ask my body, how am I feeling today? 
what am I feeling? How am I feeling? And, and just that quick check-in to, to kind of see where everything is. How am I feeling physically? How am I feeling emotionally? How am I feeling psychologically? How is my mind today? Is my mind racing? If my mind is racing, that means that I'm really restless. It means that I'm a little in a little bit of stress. Okay, so then I'm going to dedicate some time to just quieting the mind, focusing on my breath. So, so that's one aspect is the mind aspect, just bringing my mind into a cal- more calmness. Sometimes it's not possible. A lot of times people say to me, you know, I thought the goal of meditation was to stop thinking. And that's one of the biggest myths with meditation. It's very, very rare that we actually stop thinking altogether. We can do that sometimes in deep states, but it's very rare that we could do that on a day-to-day basis. But what meditation does is it at least calms down the frequency of thoughts so they're less frequent than they were before you meditated. Mm -hmm. So I focus on that, on that mind aspect, and I focus on the body. The body is really, really important. Um, the body has so much to teach the mind. And so I like to have this balance between body and mind. Um, so I'll do some uh, physical practices. I'll do some stretching. I'll do actually light touch. So I'll just, um, I'll squeeze my arms and my legs. I talk to myself a lot. I talk to my body. Um, I I really just love to have a gratitude practice for my body and the fact that this physical vessel is here. It wakes up every day. It breathes. It digests. It does all of these things without me having any control. And I'm just really, really uh, grateful for the miracle that is the human body. And so I talk to my body a lot and I take care of it. I eat well. um, I exercise and and I just, you know, keep the beautiful 40 trillion cells that comprise the body. I, I keep them as healthy as possible. And so these are kind of the two practice pillars that I have in my own life is, is this mind body. And when I talk about the body, I include the heart, right? Like to me, the heart and the body are one and the same. So, um, that's kind of, those are kind of the two pillars that I use in a daily practice. Interesting. I was really excited to hear what your answer was going to be. And from what I understand, you're just very, very balanced. You're doing all the right things. You're consistently growing beginner's mindset full of humility and practicing (laughs) what you preach. There's not like one magic pill or one magic, you know, daily writings or daily journals or like a 20 minute meditation twice a day or a nighttime routine with essential oils. No, it's doing all of them. Right. And we're biological human beings. We're all different. We all respond differently to different foods. We respond differently to different exercises. We respond differently to different types of emotions and things like that as far as our physiology and our biology go. Um, But when I asked you the question of how you step into the greatest version of yourself every single day, it wasn't anything too specific. It's I hit my morning routine. I hit my night routine. These are non-negotiable. I eat healthy. I take care of my body. I fill my heart with peace, joy, love, and appreciation as much as I can. But the one underlying theme here that everyone needs to understand is the consistency and the repetitions, mm-hmm. checking in with your body, not just checking in with your body when you wake up in the morning, but checking in with your body when you're washing your dishes, checking in with your body when you're preparing your food, checking in with your body when you're getting in and out of your car. And one thing I learned as someone who's been meditating daily for seven years and the results speak volumes. I mean, all, all my followers, my audience on YouTube, Spotify, podcast, and I hope that I don't sound like I'm on my soapbox here, but I do want to kind of <laughs> play tennis with the it's conversation. It's good. It's good give, that you're on a soapbox. You, 
absolutely and give you a little bit of my feedback on everything you said and i agree with everything you said with unwavering conviction um it's about the repetition it's about consistently doing it a few times every single day um there's not just a switch that you can flip and now you're 100 mindful I and mean, that that's not a yeah. thing that, that's not so go it's on not, elaborate it's on that. not gonna have it's not gonna happen and and you know one thing is you were talking uh, uh, one thing that also comes to mind is and I've learned this with experience because I was I was initially I've been on this path for quite a few years now and and initially I was very action oriented and and what what's happened over the years is that um, there's there's come this this idea also that sometimes and this in working with thousands of clients there comes a point some Sometimes in our personal development or spiritual path where we're really tired and we're really exhausted. And I've had so many clients say to me, you know, if I hear about one more practice, you know, we're supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. and we're supposed to do this and then we're supposed to, you know, dip in ice and we're supposed to <laughs> do all of these different practices, I feel like a failure because I can't do half of them. And I feel like that's creeping in the personal development circles too. So a lot of times for me, this has happened to me and, and I also counsel people to do this. You also have to learn how to have compassion and give yourself a break. So if, you know, sometimes you can't do 10 practices or 11 practices, or you can't check off all the items on your checklist and it's okay. And it doesn't mean you're a failure. So a lot of times for us, I think when we're growth driven, it's important for us to realize that just giving yourself a break is also a part of growth. That growth doesn't have to Absolutely. be a constant movement. Growth can be a stopping. Growth can be non-action. There is growth in non-action, and that can seem really contradictory, <laughs> but there is growth in non-action sometimes because we we really live in societies where we do push ourselves to exhaustion and to burnout. And this happened to me last year. I had never I had never gone through a burnout. This happened to me last year, and it was because I, I've, I'm so I have a really strong work ethic, and I have you know I'm I'm very growth driven. But I came to the conclusion, and this through painful experience, that sometimes we need to stop, and stopping is part of growth also. So I just wanted to add that in here too, because I feel like sometimes, and we're in an energy right now where we really need to take a step back and breathe, and mm -hmm. relax more, and feel more, and do less. And and sometimes I feel like that's hard for us, uh, for those of us that are growth driven. It's hard for us to, to stop and to not feel guilty of stopping. Cause I've, I've found that with a lot of people, a lot of my clients is that the moment they stop to rest, to relax, to breathe, to, to, to just feel the moment they do that, the mind starts to say, Oh my God, this is useful. You should be doing a, B or C. Your checklist is really long. What are you doing here? Sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> And so, so wanted to throw that out there because I, I feel like that's an important part of growth, especially right now in these kind of, you know, more on the spiritual side in these energies that we're in right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And when you were describing waking up at 5 a.m. and jumping in cold ice and stuff, you're literally talking about me. I mean, I, 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 I literally, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do two cold punches a day and I hit the sauna. But, but you're absolutely completely right about recovery is really what we're talking about here. Don't work so hard that you can't recover. Don't work. I forgot what the saying is. It's by Greg McCallum, author of Essentialism and Effortless, but it's something like, don't work as hard at something that you can't recover from the next mm. day. And uh, non-action is, is action if it's intentional, right? If you're intentionally not doing anything, then you're, what, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something that, that we, we should all, we should all learn. We should all embody and personal growth is a constant journey. There's no finish line. There's no destination that we're trying to get to at the end of the day. We're really just trying to better ourselves each and every single day consistently over time, because that's where massive yeah. results are, are, are born. And, uh, totally. you know, I'm, I'm going to be growing and I'm going to be getting 1% every single day until I take my last breath. And, uh, as, <laughs> as the days and the weeks and the months turn into years, uh, we start to realize what works and what doesn't work and yeah. what works for Christina might not work for me and what totally. works for me might not work for her, with work for her vice versa. Um, but I think it's, it's very clear, abundantly clear that meditation is something that everyone should be doing for physical health reasons, for mental health reasons. The science is there, guys. I talk about meditation on pretty much every single episode that I record. Um, but not only that, um, just the awareness that you're going to build over your thoughts because thoughts are just suggestions. Our mind is just our mind. We're not our mind. We're the awareness of our mind. But I'm very grateful and appreciative to have conversations with people like Christina that is going to open up my mind to more things around the heart. I, I meditate from the mind and yeah. meditating from the heart is for me is extremely difficult. It's mm -hmm. really I mean, when you were given the example of put your consciousness conscious, I get those two words mixed up all the time mm -hmm. into my pinky. It was very easy, seamless for me to do that. And I could feel the energy and I can feel the nerves and I can feel the neurons and I can feel the cells in my pinky. I was there. All of my mm -hmm. attention was in my pinky. But if I have to meditate from the heart, that's really yeah. tough for me to do. So any advice for me specifically? Yeah. So, so when people have, um, you know, what we in the spiritual world would call more of like a blocked heart chakra, um, when people have kind of a lack of sensation in, in the heart region, if that movement of energy, if that movement of consciousness and awareness from the mind to the heart, if it's hard for you, then I'll pair it with that touch, which we already talked about. Another great meditation that kind of opens up the heart center is for you to, to visualize yourself breathing from the heart instead of from the mouth. So, so if you can just visualize yourself or, 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 you know, perceive yourself as, cause when we're breathing, when I say to people, take a deep breath through the, let's take a deep breath through the mouth. They take a deep breath. And usually the first thing that people feel is the sensation of air coming into your mouth, then down your throat and into your lungs. But that sensation of air coming into the mouth is very visceral for people. They can feel it because the air feels cold and it's just coming in really strongly into the mouth. Well, you can focus your awareness instead of focusing it on the air coming into your mouth, you can focus it on the air coming into your chest. So it's almost like the, the, the air is coming from the outside and it's literally coming in directly into your chest, not passing through your mouth or your throat. If you can do that, if you can, if you can visualize the air, sometimes people like to add color to it. So they'll visualize white light coming in and out. And that can be what, what oxygen feels like to them. If they can do that movement, that visualization, it really starts to open up the chest. Another great way that I love to opening up heart chakra um, chest area is to use movements. So I'll have people start with their hands together in the center and then they just move out and they open their arms and literally hyperextend their back, open their arms and this during meditation. So your, your eyes are closed. You just hyperextend back, you just pucker your chest out, and if you can combine all of these different things, so the movement of light in and out I of my it. chest, 
Or if I pair that, if you have a physio ball at home, I love to do this exercise. If you have a big physio ball, a lot of us love to work with physio balls now. You could just literally bend over a physio ball. And as long, mm. as, as, long as you hyperextend your thoracic spine and you open your arms, you're immediately going to be affecting the heart chakra. And so you're going to be opening up that chest to feeling more. Wow. Um, and so that these, these movements are, it's a great way to start, um, to start working on that heart area. Another great way is indirectly it's, it's just quieting the mind because the heart in reality is always, it's your main compass. It's not the mind. Your heart is your main compass. It's the portal of intuition. Science, the, there's a little bit of controversy there because science still studies intuition as a subconscious phenomenon. I don't view it as that. I view it as a heart phenomenon. And so if you quiet the mind, you'll notice that your heart is there. It's talking to you. It always mm -hmm. has been. The only reason you're not listening to it is because the mind is. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and so the, the example that I like to give is, you know, someone, um, you're younger than me. You look like you're much younger than me. But uh, if you remember, you know, 1980s, the vision of someone walking down the street with a boom box on their shoulder. Do you, you remember okay. these? <laughs> these? Uh -huh. Okay. So, so just imagine someone walking down the street with a boom box on their shoulder and the boom box is blasting, blasting, blasting. And let's say there's someone on the side of the road whispering their name. Is the person going to hear? Ah, there's no way. So, so the person's not going to hear, but it's not because that person's not whispering. That person's calling out their name. They're not hearing because they have this really obnoxious, loud boombox in their ear. If they turn off the boombox, they're going to hear the person whispering. And this is the difference really that I see between the mind and the heart. The heart, sometimes it doesn't whisper. Sometimes it screams at you, but it'll usually scream at you when you're at wit's end, when you're really gone so off path that your heart's like, God damn, this guy. I really is not getting it. Okay. I'm going to really do something, you know, pretty drastic. So mm -hmm. you'll either end up in the hospital or something will happen because your body has been trying to tell you for so long that you're not listening. But if you start to train yourself, your heart whispers more. As soon as the mind quiets down, you will start to listen to it. Yeah. I'm going to put all of that into practice. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for all you're the welcome. time. Uh, for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to hop on the podcast say to all the people that are listening on spotify and apple you can follow christina on instagram at the heart alchemist t-h-e-h-e-a-r-t-a-l-c-h-e-m-i-s-t you could also follow her on youtube subscribe to her on youtube youtube.com yeah. slash christina lopez c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a-l-o-p-e-s L-O-P-S. That's right. No, it's it's Lopes, not Lopez. So no Z oh, at the sorry. end. It's, oh, it's, sorry. Lopes. Oh, it's good. It's good because sometimes people get confused. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, great. And then uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for sticking around up until now. I'm going to drop the link to Christina's website, to her YouTube, to her Instagram. So you guys can connect with her, shoot her a DM, reach out to her, ask her any questions you have. Christina, thank you so much again. This you're was welcome. an awesome Thanks, conversation and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Cool. I did. I did. It was good connecting with you. Thank you.